So what are we doing here? I outlined in the last episode that I think there's many problems in the food and fitness industries and people are continuing to eat and exercise in a way that is built upon what I think are faulty paradigms or you know these parameters that we've created for ourselves and society to make things easier, right? So you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. One, two, three, maybe you have a snack in between, maybe you have dessert. And this has been so ingrained in the psyche that you just don't even think about it, right? And it's the same thing with fitness and exercise. It's, you know, it's okay. We can just do nothing really for 23 hours as long as we go to the gym and we do that one hour workout or you take a 20 minute walk or you jog two miles around the block. Okay, call it a day. So I'm questioning the very foundations of what we do on a day-to-day basis when it comes to the food that we put in our mouth and how we move our bodies. So this is you got to understand where I'm coming from so you understand from this episode forward the foundation that I'm laying for everybody here. Like the way that we eat food-wise and obviously what we eat and how we move or how we exercise is just not effective. And I don't think it's the best way to do things. It's a way where we can make it simple and easy for ourselves that we kind of fit it into our nine to five lives. But I don't think it's a great strategy. And I've seen this enough where I've, you know, obviously I've lived, eat, breathe, lift, sleep, repeat kind of thing for so many years, literally for like 25 years, I've been doing this. And I've been around enough people. I've trained hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, and I've been in many, many gyms. And now I can really see it. I feel like my eyes now are, are wide open. And so, well, what do I think then are the best strategies? Like what, what should we be doing? So I kind of highlighted in the last episode how I think the gym is part of the problem. Because when you go into the gym, you see a lot of these shiny objects and you think, ooh, like this looks good. This looks good. I've had this before. I had it. At, I remember at Lifetime when I first went into Lifetime Fitness and I saw all the stuff that I've never seen before and it was really cool. And I got, you just kind of get obsessed with some of this stuff. Ooh, like I can go and push this sled and slam these ropes and do this monkey bars, like whatever. It's like there's like so much different stuff you can do. But what happens is you kind of, want to test out and do all these machines and all these things and you don't you kind of lose sight of is this working like is this the best that I could be doing and you lose sight of the best thing that you have going for yourself which is your body and your brain and so when I first started lifting which was around 12 years old actually a little bit before that I got into the gym around 12 13 started lifting weights so I started with bodybuilding And I was in the gym and I was doing machines and I was lifting free weights and getting stronger and building muscle because I was eating, you know, protein. I was following bodybuilders. And so a lot of our modern gyms are based upon like 70s and 80s bodybuilding and guys like Joe Weider that popularized a lot of machines. And so that's a lot of what you see now in gyms is machines. Now, it definitely depends where you are. If you're in a CrossFit gym, it's going to be a little bit different. It might be more rings and barbells and ropes and stuff like that. So it definitely it, de- it depends where you are. But the modern gym, 
is is the main problem. So I'm going to explain why why this is. I kind of talked about it in the last episode briefly. If you guys didn't listen to that, go back and listen to that one. That was that was a good one. I talked about how to just get back to the playground. The idea of moving your body around freely in a lot of different ways and creating a longer term time horizon get off the idea of losing 20 pounds and get into the idea of bulletproofing your body by getting into various positions and shapes and mastering movements. And so that's the thing. When you step into a gym, you look out and you see like all the machines and people, you just get distracted and that kind of goes away because typically what happens is there's just a very finite amount of shapes and positions that you see when you're sitting down on something or you're on a cardio piece, or you're lifting weights, you're, you're, you're limited in your movement. You're still pretty sedentary. You're moving an external object around. And the problem is, is that most of your day-to-day life is probably like that too. You're probably sitting right now. Maybe you're in your car. You're moving a steering wheel around. You're on your phone. You're moving your phone. You're at home. You're moving a mouse around on a keyboard. Um, you know, so apart from you going out and taking a walk somewhere or doing that, you're not really moving your body efficiently as you could through space. So what we're going to talk about today is that idea. I want you to ingrain that in your head and it's going to help be helpful for you to have space to move around. And that may mean getting out of the gym and setting up your own home gym or going anywhere. It could be at a park, playground, um, gymnastics place where you have room to move around so that if you were to, you know, fall or tumble over or whatever, you have that space there safely. Plus people, you know, in the gym would look at you weird if you're going to do a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about. All right. So that's laying the groundwork there for uh, fitness. Now, as far as the food aspect goes, we're still operating off of this three square meals a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, maybe a snack, maybe a dessert. And I'm saying that concept needs to go as well. You guys definitely should want to be doing some intermittent fasting in the morning time or just eating fruit, juices, smoothies, easy to digest food. This has been like the best secret for me. I sometimes do eat uh, sardines or some easy to digest protein in the morning. But I got away from the eggs and the oatmeal and the just like all that heaviness in the morning. Just to tell you real quick, eggs and oatmeal have a lot of tryptophan in them. So does turkey. Makes you sleepy. So I I had to learn to – I got to cut that stuff out. Get the fruits, juices, smoothies in in the morning until noon. From noon to four, that's kind of up to your discretion. I recommend if you are going to eat lunch, you eat a salad and maybe some fruit and something easy like sardines. You want to be maximizing your energy throughout the day. You need to be cognitively on point. You need to be ready for your workouts or whatever's thrown your way. Food is going to disrupt this process. Now, if you're worried about not getting enough protein in, you can take essential amino acids or just have you know a protein shake ready for you in the fridge so you can easily get like a protein shake in too. So that'd be my suggestion there. But then I would say eat the bulk of your calories between like four and eight o'clock. That's a that's 
this is a, a strict intermittent fasting window. But for the majority of people listening, you want to be healthy, have good energy, and lose weight, then that's the strategy I would recommend. So let me lay it out again. From the beginning of the day until noon, just eat fruits, juices, smoothies, um, essential amino acids, you know, vitamins, minerals, whatever. From 12 to 4, that's your option, but eat light foods like salads, fruits, fish. You want your digestion. You want to just be energized and have good cognition throughout the day. And then eat the bulk of your calories from 4 to 8. So maybe you would have eggs and oatmeal later at night possibly when you may just be tired and ready to go to bed anyway. This is kind of how I do it. I typically eat my eggs later in the day now. So you just got to get out of this framework of eating cereal in the morning or eating eggs and bacon in the morning. You know, it's, this isn't really working. You kind of have to look at, you know, most people in society that are not in great shape, that are kind of fatigued, low energy in a certain level of malaise. And uh, it's not fun. That's not fun. So what I would say here is, you know, utilize the juices, smoothies, coffee, ice baths to really energize you throughout the day. The food will slow you down. Pay attention to what you're eating and the energy you're getting out of it. Okay, so now we shift back over to exercise. So here's the two concepts that I want to lay out for you guys. Number one thing above all else, you got to make sure your body's aligned. It's balanced. Your head, your your rib cage, your pelvis, your hips, knees, ankles, feet, should there should be alignment there. Simply go to Google and find out what good alignment is. That's number one. If you're out of alignment, for instance, if your shoulders are rolled forward, your head's forward, very common, or you're in anterior pelvic tilt, you can look that one up. Um, these are very common positions to be in. Then you have to understand uh, corrective posture exercises and just pay attention to putting yourself into better alignment. That's number one. The second thing would be to look at left to right. You know, if one of your shoulders is hiked up higher than another, or one of your hips is hiked up higher than another, a lot of people have one side of their body that's just appears to be short, like a short leg, that there's a discrepancy. A lot of it's just based upon your postures and positions. There is a rare chance that you were born with like a shorter side, but it's typically you've compensated over the years because you've been in certain positions and your body has molded itself to that position. This concept that I'm talking about is very important. Your body will mold itself to whatever position or posture you're in a lot. This is why you got to really pay attention to how you sleep, the position that you're in when you sleep, the position that you're in when you're at your desk, in your car, literally whatever you're doing when you're walking, whatever you're doing a lot of. So this is called like posture hygiene. I talk to this to my clients all the time. This is so important because I figured a lot of things out for myself. So you want to get yourself as balanced left to right and aligned skeletally as possible. All right. From there, you work on just quality movement. Like what is good walking? You can get a gait analysis, like have somebody look at your walk and are you walking correctly? You're not rolling on the outsides of your feet. You're engaging your feet with the floor. You're getting the full roll of your ankle. Your hips are stacked over your lower body. This is an important concept because you're going to be walking places for your entire life. So make sure that you're actually walking correctly. You're probably going to have to slow it down a little bit too. Make sure when you're sitting, 
when you're in the car, you're at your desk, that you are nice and upright. You don't bring your head forward too much. And make sure that you have your shoulders pulled back and down. And you want to draw your belly button in a little bit and just work on scooping through your pelvis going into posterior pelvic tilt from anterior to posterior pelvic tilt, like working those pelvic floor muscles. These are all little things you really want to be thinking about. If that's all good and you're, you're with me at this point, then from there you want to work on um, just basic quality movements like getting up and down off the ground with no hands, hanging from a bar for at least a minute carrying weights, carrying objects or, or farmer's walks they're called. Can you do all these things pain-free? Can you hold yourself up in a plank, do a push-up pain-free? Can you squat all the way down to the ground pain-free? Can you bend over, touch your toes? Can you hinge from your hips? Can you lunge in different positions? So these are kind of basic things. Can you get your arms fully straightened over your head? Can you hold yourself in a reverse plank or a tabletop bridge? So what I'm what I'm describing here is basic positions and basic shapes that you should be thinking about. Because if you can't do these, that's this is step one. Work on those. If you can clear this stuff up, it's going to help you out tremendously. So I'm going to talk now about some specific things that I've been doing recently from a mobility and movement standpoint that have helped me so much. All right. And the first one is called CARS, Controlled Articular Rotations, C-A-R-S. You don't need to understand what that is, but you, you heard the word rotation in there. So these are exercises that you do for your joints, like your hips. The best one is for your hips. They're exercises where you slowly open up your hips and you're getting full rotation out of your hip joint, which is a ball and socket joint. So you guys can look up cars. I'm going to start putting these exercises up. Been doing them with myself and my clients. Amazing, amazing, amazing to clear up a lot of hip issues and just regain function of your hips. If you can't rotate through your hips, you don't have full access to your hips and your hips are wearing out. That's why a lot of people are getting hip replacements. So these are very slow articulating movements to open up the rotational capacities of your joints. Now there's one for shoulders as well. There's shoulder cars. They're really good. So a lot of people have issues at the shoulders and the hips. And when I say hips, I mean like low back, you know, back pain, all that as well. And then there's ones for the ankles and the shins. And ankle flexibility is very important, which is why I, in the last episode, I talked about getting into the deep squat, how that is so good for your hips and ankles to get into that deep squat position and working your ankle mobility, just doing circles with your ankles is, is just so good. And guys, you got to get out of the shoes. The shoes restricts your range of motion. When you start to clear up the hips and ankles with these exercises I'm describing, it's like magic. Your knee pain goes away. It's like what knee pain? Then from there, all you got to start doing is exercises to strengthen your knees, which are a lot of backwards movements. Again, I'm operating out of a different framework than what we've been taught and what we've been doing in fitness, which I'm saying isn't working because so many people are having problems, aches and pains and injuries and getting these joint replacements. So with the knees, you're doing backwards walking. Backwards sled dragging, backwards step ups, backwards lunges. These are phenomenal exercises. 
split squats, reverse Nordics, Nordic hamstring curls, and just any kind of mobility work that you can do low to the ground. This is this is a, a huge thing is training low to the ground, doing hip switches, 90-90s for your hips, uh, pistol squats where you get nice and low to the ground on one leg. There's an exercise called shrimp squats where you it's kind of like a one-leg squat variation. Then you can think about deadlift variations, hinge hinging variations, good mornings, exercises where your feet are on the ground or you're doing one leg at a time to really challenge your stability. And what most people do is they don't do this. They train away from the ground. What do I mean? Well, let's say you're biking. You're biking, your feet aren't on the ground. You're swimming, your feet aren't on the ground. Um, you're doing leg extensions and hamstring curls and you know a lot of machines at the gym. Your legs aren't on the ground. And that's a problem because the majority of your life, your feet will be on the ground. So you want to train that and you want to train, you know, picking up objects off the ground or squatting low to the ground and being in different positions. Uh, Cossack squat, that's a side, that's like a side squat. Look that up because that's another really good position that a lot of people will be stiff and tight and weak in. That really works your adductors, your inner thighs. That's an area where I'm, I'm weak and I've had groin strains and hamstring strains over the years. So you guys definitely want to be looking at your groin and your hamstrings and strengthening those up. And uh, one of the best for your hamstrings is a one-leg deadlift. And also one-leg hamstring curls with a stability ball. That's where you lay on your back and you bring a ball in towards you. So both those exercises work your glutes and your hamstrings together. The Nordic hamstring curls or glute hamstring raise machines are also phenomenal to work the back of your legs. I know you guys want a nice looking backside for the summertime. So to reemphasize with leg training, again, think about training low to the ground with your feet on the ground or one leg at a time on the ground. Crucial, crucial, because you're, what you're going to do is you're going to build a lot of hip mobility and stability. Why are a lot of people falling as they get older? Because they haven't been doing this stuff. Guaranteed, if they would have been doing this stuff, the precipice for falling would be way less. And what happens is, unfortunately, people don't understand this whole process. They don't, they don't understand why they're wearing out, why they have balance problems. They just think it's aging. Guys, no, you've neglected all these components of fitness that I'm talking about. So it will behoove you to do this. Please don't just listen to this and as entertainment or something. Like, Do something about it. These exercises, they work. They're money. So cash in on them. Now, when it comes to upper body training, here's what we're thinking here. Kind of the opposite. We're thinking training away from the ground. What am I talking about here? We're thinking about exercises where your arms are locked out. You're hanging onto a bar above you. Simplest thing would be a hang. Any kind of hang where you're hanging from a bar fully stretched out and moving your scapulas around is amazing. That'll bulletproof your shoulders right there. Then you add in pull-ups. You can add in um, one-arm rows from like a high ring or a bar. You could add in one-arm um, one arm hangs are great. I've been messing around with some of those. Then you can do dips 
from high up handles or rings. You know, eventually you can work up to muscle ups, which is a high level exercise, which is a pull up and a dip together. And there's tons of exercises you could do for your core that involve you being up in the ground from basic knee raises to hanging leg raises to windshield wipers, skin the cats, which is a phenomenal shoulder and core exercise. You got lots of options. So think about training a little bit higher up in the ground with your upper body. But however, we want to do exercises where our hands are on the ground too, like push-ups, plank, side plank variations, and handstands, which are another just phenomenal exercise to bulletproof your body. And what I would suggest you guys to do, I was doing them today. God, my shoulders feel so good and my neck feels good. I've had neck pain for years. It's literally going away. So you start, this is how you do it. You're going to start where you face away from the wall with your hands on the ground, like you're in a push-up position. Then you walk your feet back up the wall. Do it little by little till you get comfortable walking up the wall like a backwards spider. Literally climbing your feet up a wall with your hands getting closer to the, the floor to the wall. And eventually where you can go straight up, where your body is flush against the wall your, and your head faces the wall. is where you get your, your chest, your abs, your, your legs, and your feet against the wall. Point your toes up. Push your chest into the wall. Keep your head down. Look directly into the wall. Push away with your hands so your arms are fully straight. There's no bend in your elbows. And you keep pushing. And you try to go for time. I can do almost a minute now, but I'm shaking quite a bit. And then you come out slow. You walk your feet down the wall back to a push-up position. These are brutal. But they literally bulletproof your shoulders and your wrists and your elbows because you're fully locked out. Same thing with hanging stuff. You're fully locked out. So anybody that has wrist problems usually has shoulder problems and neck problems. I've seen this a lot. And it's finally all clicking and making sense to me that all this stuff that we do in the gym, which is what I mentioned before with pushing these machines, pulling these machines, push, pressing dumbbells over your head, bench press, bicep curls, this is all bent arm work where your shoulders, you're not locked out and your shoulders are in weak, unstable positions. And you compound that effect with you being on a phone or computer all day where you're also hanging out in a bad position and you got shoulders that don't function well, that aren't strong, that can't support your body. And that's what happens when you take people that are sedentary and on this technology a lot and then you try to have them do a lot of the stuff that I just mentioned, they're, they're a mess. A lot of them can't even do it. There's too much pain. They don't have range of motion. And so if you can go back to square one, get your body aligned, get moving well, understand what good movement is, and start to do these basics and build up. It takes time. It definitely takes time. But it is well worth it because once you are able to master these things, like hanging, pulling yourself up to a bar, doing a handstand, doing a deep squat, doing a pistol squat, getting up and down off the ground. Once you got mobility back in your hips and your shoulders, that just opens you up to so much more. It's literally like you're laying the foundation to build this beautiful house, this mansion. 
when you do things the other way, the way that most people do, and I don't know why I'm getting quiet right now, I'm just changing up my tone, I hope you like it. When you do what everyone else is doing, the running, the swimming, the biking, the pickleball, the silly cardio machines in the gym, the weight machines, that doesn't lead to anything. You can't stack those skills. They don't work your body. They don't work your balance. They don't work your core. They're not engaging your brain where you have to really think about how your body's being manipulated through space. There's a whole other aspect to what I'm saying when you start to do these kinds of exercises where they're very challenging. I mean, you shake like no other when you're doing a handstand against the wall. When you're, when you're gripping for dear life trying to do a two-minute bar hang or a one-minute one-arm hang and you're giving it all you got, you're building up that grip strength and that core, man. And this is how you do it. This is the, What I'm laying out is the idea of train like a gymnast, train like these guys doing the calisthenic exercises in the park. These guys that do crazy pull-ups and core variations and stuff. They're insanely shredded. They're all jacked. Look at gymnasts, how they train. A lot of straight arm work. Just look at the stuff they can do. It's amazing. So that's where I wish I would have started. I wish I would have never left the playground. I wish I would have got into gymnastics training or martial arts, some kind of movement practice where I was really, I learned how to move my body. It would have saved me a lot of time, a lot of injuries, a lot of wasted money and effort. But I'm at the point right now, I feel like 39, I'll be 39 tomorrow. Going into my 40s, I'm excited about the progress that I am going to be making. I have goals that I'm shooting for. And I'm not giving up on the gym and the weights, but I'm just doing things a little bit differently. I've kind of shifted into an 80-20 mode, 80% focused on mobility and body weight and clean movement and positions and patterns, and 20% on the lifting of, of weights, of dumbbells and kettlebells and cables, stuff like that. That's what I would suggest for you if you want to develop a high-level body that feels good, looks good, has skills that you can build upon. And it's just cool, man. It's cool to be able to show it off, show what you can do. You've been given this, this body and it's, it's pretty amazing. So I say for you, go for it, man. Show me what you got. And most importantly, show others what you got. So you have some impact and influence and you're passing on this great motivation, wisdom, and influence to the next generations. That's how I think. So guys, be be unselfish with how you train as well because it's literally creating a ripple effect. How you eat, how you train, what you're doing every single day is having a ripple effect on others. I would much rather live in a society where everybody was ripped and I wish everybody was in better shape than me. You know, I heard a statistic that one in 25,000 people have six-pack abs. I don't know if that's true. I don't know how they get these numbers. Probably right, though. Especially down south. It might be like one in a million down south with all the beer and uh, fried food that's consumed. But nonetheless, you know, even if that's right, I don't feel good about it that I have like abs. It's just like it to me, it's this is not that hard. 
you just eat well, you, you, you train intelligently and you do it consistently. That's most important. You start to develop the habits and discipline every single day. You can do it. So guys, get disciplined, get dangerous, set higher goals, set higher standards for yourself. Please apply the stuff that I'm talking about because I, I just, I know it's going to work for you. If you can do this and be patient and have a longer term time horizon, you'll get there. Just don't get caught up in the shiny distractions that everyone else does. All right, guys, thanks for listening. This was a banger. Hope you enjoyed it. Like it, comment, subscribe, share it, all that podcasty stuff that you got to do. Thanks so much. Until next time, peace out.